This week, Chris Peterson. Joined with me, as always, is Mr. Ben Frawley. How are you, sir? What's up, people around the internet? What's up, world? It's a good day. We're sitting here watching Mallrats Watching Party with Kevin Smith. It's 420. Hope everyone's having a great day. Rock and roll. Love it. Love it. Uh, Also joining us this week is Miss Lynette Williams. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you. Thank you for having me again. Of course. Of course. And... Again, for another week in a row, Mr. John's Josh Tonra, how are you? I'm doing good, Chris. It's good to see, good to hear you. I was gonna say see you. It's good to hear you. <laughs> good to hear everybody's voices. I'm missing uh, I'm missing the finale of the plot against America uh, tonight to Ooh. do this. So this oh. better be good. This this better be good. This better deliver. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. You know, sorry that they don't have technology where you could like record it and or watch it later on on a thing like where you could watch it when you wanted to. <laughs> there is there is a technology called HBO Now, which uh, I'm definitely a subscriber to and not getting it for free because my brother gave me his password. Uh, <laughs> and I'll be watching it on as soon as we get this over with. I love it. Oh, that's I good. I'm, I'm glad you didn't get it on vinyl record or something. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. I, I only only watch the plot of Against America on vinyl. That's, that's the way it's meant to be watched. Oh my gosh, I love it. All right, well, folks, I mean, if this is your first podcast with us, uh, welcome, 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 welcome. What we like to do here on this show is basically take some interesting stories from the week of pop culture, entertainment, basically whatever medium that you're uh, taking in, so to speak, to be entertained, uh, and bring it to this podcast. But the kicker is we have no idea what each other are bringing to the table. So this week, there's four of us. Uh, So each of us have picked two interesting things, I guess, uh, and are bringing Yeah, that's what you think. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> all right maybe two or more then I, or, yeah. or, no, I mean, or interesting i don't know we'll see i'm stocked um, up <laughs> but um and then like i said we're gonna go around and at the end of the episode we like to go youtube because there's a lot of different things that i'm sure we're watching on youtube right now so we're gonna probably recommend some stuff uh that we saw in the past week so lynette i'm gonna start Ooh. with you this week. Ooh, ladies choice ladies Okay, sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm going to actually speaking of ladies' choice. I'm I'm bringing you all the ladies' information this week. Um, so my first my first one is I don't know if you guys would have even had it on your radar, uh, but I watched the first three episodes of Mrs. America mm. on FX, um, and it's so good. Um, it is absolutely amazing um, to watch this group um, of amazing people come together to make this period drama about the ratification of the Equal Rights Amendment for women, or not ratification, if you know your history. Ah, spoiler alert. Um, but I was wondering if you guys had a chance to check it out. And if not, I'm telling you to watch it because it's that good. I don't care if you're men and you don't care about women's issues. You need to watch it. <laughs> I have. Yes. Wow. 
It's Connor shots. Yeah, I know exactly. Uh, you know what? I have seen the episodes. My wife is a huge fan, so we've been watching. Yes. It. Um, and what's interesting, Lynette, is they seem to get. They seem to have gotten like every amazing actress in Hollywood. Yes. Um, to be in this, it is just chock full of ridiculous talent left and right, uh, up and coming talent, stage talent. Yeah. Um, it's it's really a delight to watch this this cast do. Um, some great work on, I think, uh, I'll be honest with you, something that I did not think was going to be as compelling as it is. I've been very surprised. Um, I, yeah, I've been, I was looking forward to it anyway, cause it's, it's my wheelhouse. It's something that I would be interested in. Um, but the, um, some of the people are just in, in, uh, what's it unrecognizable. Like you, you can't even tell who's who. Um, but it's a really interesting look at how America was like, women don't need equal rights or they do need equal rights. And what does equal rights consist of? Um, and uh, some people that you think are just solely comedian actresses are proving that they're not. Um, and uh, some, some drama people are proving that they're, they can do comedy as well. So, um, yeah, definitely. And let's be real. Those costumes are on point. Like, they're amazing. They're truly, truly awesome. Yeah, and you know what I, re- I, I, what I appreciated about it um, even more is it's, it obviously is, you know, I, you know a very important you know, moment um, in history. And I like the fact that it's not getting the, the Ryan Murphy treatment, if I'm going to put that in quotations. Mm-hmm. Where it's you know overly dramatic, um, almost uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not not soap opera, but you know very very melodramatic, I should say. Mm-hmm. You know, the 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 there's complexity that they're showing with these characters. So you like, for instance, the women that are against uh, the equal right, the ERA. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you could easily dismiss them as being just villains and um, you know conservative you know stereotypes and things like that but no there's there's some complexities there and there's yeah no you care about them like you're like oh i yeah i could kind of see why this would be concerning for them or how they could have misconceptions about it um and then same with same with the people who want the era um you're just like i could i could see why they need this or feel that they need this or um uh yeah so it's uh it's definitely got some good dynamics and i think you're right um I thought I thought it was a Ryan Murphy show, but it doesn't look like it is. You know, from it, yeah, it it very like it, it has like that Ryan Murphy, um, you know, the ensemble type of uh, style, right. so to speak. But yeah, uh, thankfully it, it is not. So <laughs> it's Davi Davi um, Waller. Oh, I, thank you. Yeah. Yep. Um. So yep. that was nice that somebody else is getting some time on the air on FX. <laughs> exactly. As much as I love Pose and Fosse Verdon and um, all the other ones, I'm, I'm glad somebody else has got some time. Definitely. So, yeah, um, I would say Ben and Josh, I hope you get a chance to check it out. Awesome. It, it, you will find, I think you'll find it entertaining. Definitely. So, Lynette is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Kate Blanchett is, is in this playing uh, um, Phyllis Schlafly, correct? Correct. Okay, so... I, I, I'm troubled to hear that she's humanized in this because she's really one of the most reprehensible Americans of the last 50 years. 
Okay, by humanized, it, it means <laughs> it means like trust me, she really is. But like, you're like, all right, she's got a family, you know. And I don't want to say that I'm totally on her side, uh, but we've really only had one major episode with her. Okay. Um, they're kind of dividing it out by person, even though each person is in every episode. Um, so like the first episode is, is Phyllis. Second episode is Gloria. Third episode is, uh, Shirley Chisholm. So, so, and then everybody kind of overlaps as things happen, but you, you get all of the information. And then I think towards the end, they'll all come back together. Um, I'm I'm interested to to see how that goes because I mean, if there's, a person who has had a bad take about just about everything since she has been a person of note, it's, it's that woman. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you, you kind of see how that happened. Like you see how she transitioned into like, we almost didn't have her as part of this. And then all of a sudden somebody's like, you really should take this up. And it was like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you fuck that person whoever said exactly. that to her yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> damn you stupid housewife of middle america love it now that's it's on is it on fx or it's on i saw it on hulu but is it on, is it being broadcast on fx i believe it's being broadcast on both it's on okay. fx and on hulu but i think for fx i think you can only Actually, I should probably have looked this up before we started. I think you can only get one episode on FX at a time. Like, uh, it's like the weekly release. But if you have Hulu, you get you get a bunch at a time. Okay, that's why I was able to watch some episodes. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Good to know. Excellent, excellent. Well, yeah, definitely check it out if you haven't. Uh, definitely highly recommend. So, good stuff. Way to lead off. Awesome. Um, Josh, let's go to you, my friend. What do you got? Um, an interesting article I came across the other day. Um you know, and 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 for my money, the best like nineteen eighties, uh, Joel Schumacher directed vampire teenage movie uh, is the Lost Boys. It's, it's um, it, I don't know, I don't know. All right, Ben, you give me something better. You guys, I got a hot take on this. Ready? <laughs> all right. I've never yeah. I've never seen the Lost Boys. Oh. Oh. Wow. Well, Annette, well, let. Let me direct you to an article that, that maybe will, will pique your interest and get you interested in seeing The Lost Boys uh, while we've all got some, some time on our hands. Um, ben, I'll ask you this question. Yeah. Do you yeah. – uh, what's the first thing – what's the first scene in The Lost Boys that comes to mind when you think about it? Uh, the uh, giant uh, working out sax player. Okay, right answer. Uh, singing, the, singing. I still believe on the on the beach to star. Right. Yeah. So, io nine dot com the other day uh, published a uh, a biography of the sax man from the Lost Boys. Uh, no way. I just guessed that. Uh, well, because it's the be- it's the best part of the movie, and it's the part that everybody remembers. Uh, right off the bat, I will say best. It's certainly the most memorable moment of that, of that movie. Yeah. Um, but this guy, t- they, they 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 tracked him down. They interviewed him. It's his only credit as a as an actor. Um, I'm air quoting uh, acting. He actually <clears throat> is is a was it was the interesting part of this this uh, 
uh, story was that like for 15 years, this guy was a touring musician um, with Tina Turner. He was part of Tina Turner's band, toured with her everywhere. Um, Legit sax player, but he was like, he was a touring musician, you know? So there's like the guys who are studio musicians who are just kind of session players. And then you have people that just kind of go out on tour and play and uh, maybe they, they uh, you know, move on to, to other things. I think um, I'm not, I'm going to butcher the guys. I, it's not Taylor Hackford, but it's the, like, like the drummer for the Foo Fighters started off as a touring drummer for Alanis Morissette before he went on to become, uh, you know, like a, a big rock star, basically playing for mm. playing with the Foo Fighters. But this guy just, that's what he did. He was a sax player on tour with Tina Turner for, uh, for years, but talks about um, the movie um, and his appearance in it, his only, his only credit. Um, he's on, he's in the film for three minutes. Um, that scene took three nights to film, but he only showed up for one of the nights. Uh, after they recorded uh, or, or videoed it, um, filmed it, they went and partied in Corey Haim's trailer for the night, and there's stories related to that that are part of this. Oh, uh, this uh, article is, must be amazing. So it's at io9, the number 9, io9.com. It's affili- it, affiliated with Deadspin, affiliated with uh, uh, Kotaku and Jezebel and a bunch of other great websites. Um, it, it was a good read. It was something that, like, if I was in my normal office environment, um, it's something I would have come across and read right away. It took me a couple of, of days to get through it. Um, I actually saw it about saw the article about a week ago and and took some time to digest it um and uh was kind of saving it to talk to you guys about um so give that a read go find that one io9.com it's the story of the sax man from the lost boys and really you hear that you see that title if you've seen the movie you can picture the guy in your head right away oh yeah wow very cool good stuff man good stuff yeah you know uh they have uh i just watched um I uh, just read an article about like how they're reprinting like a bunch of uh, posters for the Lost Boys, and it's a giant picture of him playing the sax. Uh, I'm I'm looking at the vinyl. Sorry, when you were talking, I was looking at the vinyl record of the Lost Boys soundtrack, which I own in the basement, uh, and uh, it says "I Still Believe" by Tim Capello. Is that his name? Uh, I'll be with you in just a. I'll, I'll have an answer in just a second on this one. I believe that's him. Unless that's just him lip syncing and looking buff AF and like in a mesh shirt and playing the sax. I mean, it's it's kind of crazy. Chris, Lynette, do you know who? Well, Lynette, you never seen him with Chris. Do you know what he's talking about? I believe I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's been How a do you know quite I haven't jarring. seen him. I know Tina Turner's saxophone player, so I know who he is. It's more amazing than you not seeing the movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, you know, it's it's kind of crazy because like. You know, listen, Keeper Sutherland is very imposing as a, uh, you know, vampire. But if that guy was a vampire, you'd be screwed. Mm. <laughs> you would just wreck your shit. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, good stuff. Good stuff, Josh. Way to go, man. Um, Thank you. Ben, what do you got, dude? 
All right, uh, this week we had some Marvel news. So, as you guys know, uh, Katie and I are going through the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We finally got to Infinity War, um, which was awesome to watch again. Uh, you know, of course, I cried like a baby. <laughs> and uh, we watched the Ant- Ant-Man and the Wasp, so the next movie is Endgame, which I have not rewatched yet, so I know I'm going to cry like a baby like, during that one. But the reason why I bring it up is I wanted to talk about um, Bruce Campbell. So uh, we had 90s trivia night from Syracuse Trivia, and uh, we watched Army of Darkness right after because uh, the host, they, they did some sort of Army of Darkness reference, so it was awesome. Uh, Sam Raimi has been uh, touted to direct Doctor Strange 2, and Twitter yes. went, with Bruce Campbell having a cameo in the movie to all the way to Bruce Campbell playing Mr. Sinister in Doctor Strange 2 and how uh, a guy that works for Marvel, uh, the Marvel MCU, um, actually drew a poster with Bruce Campbell's Campbell's face over Mr. Sinister. So the buzz is stewing. It's Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, and we're sitting here watching Mallrats. <laughs> uh, and I'm just thinking back to when I was a geek at in 1995 at 15, and Mallrats and Kevin Smith and Bruce Campbell and Sam Raimi were my favorite people. But now we're in the mainstream, making movies that make a billion dollars. I cannot wait. What are your thoughts on Bruce Campbell playing maybe a great villain in the MCU? I'm for it. I live it. I love it. I like Doctor Strange anyway because Benedict Cumberbatch is my ultimate fan fan person he's my number one in my top five so uh to see dr strange benedict cumberbatch battle bruce campbell i'm i'm out i'm for it yeah 100 percent. all in all in Uh, i mean up up until the the russo started making like the civil war and uh or winter soldier civil war and then the uh endgame and infinity war i mean the gold standard for uh comic book movies were the first two spider-man uh, oh, like yeah. Sam Raimi did, and uh, so I, it, it's it's. I'm surprised it's taken this long, honestly, <laughs> to, to get him into the MCU. Yeah, I'm not a know, big it, fan it, of the it, Sam Raimi Spider-Man's though. Oh, stop it! Oh stop <laughs> no, seriously, it. that's 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 2020. That's like hindsight 2020. That's when they came out in 2000, 2001. Oh, Sp- so. Spider-Man Two I is mean, nuts. <laughs> Spider-Man I 2 was like the first... Oh, my God, dude. But I thought that, it was all over the place. I didn't like it. Well, the third one or the second one? The second one is the one with the Green Gob... Wait, no. First one's Green Goblin. Correct. Yep. Second one is with who again? It's the... It's Alfred Gene Molina. Falco. Oh, Alfred it's Molina. with the he's, he's got the, the Chinese boy in the diaper throwing fireworks. Oh, wait, that's Boogie Nights. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong movie. Sorry. I mean, it's so hard. It's so hard to not get them confused. Motor man. Motor man. The Doc Ock. You know what? Maybe I would have to re-see it. Which yeah, one was the third the... one's all over the place. The, Is the that the one where Wings. Franco... Oh, yeah, the guy, the Sandman. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah, Topher Grace is playing Eddie Brock. And it, it's it's freaking weird. That one sucks. Yeah, that but one the, sucks. The, sec- the second one with Molina's Doc Ock is excellent. 
Yeah, yeah. His, well, his knockoff is awesome. Um, and, and you know what? I tried to watch those. Oh my god! You know what? I tried. I couldn't get through. It was those amazing Spider Mans, the Fox Spider Mans. Oof, those hurt. Yeah, forget those. <laughs> oh, the oh, ones with those um, really hurt. Andrew Garfield. The kid. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, those are just bad movies. Like, it, I, I didn't even get to him. I don't even think I got to him. Like, the first one started with the parents on the plane. I was like, wait, Spider-Man has parents? Who gives a shit? And, oh, my God. It was, it was all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I think I turned it off after five minutes. It was like, it was worse than, it. Meg, my God, I was just talking about this the other week. It was worse than the Edward Norton Hulk. Wow. Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so I brought this up. So we're going through the MCU. Of course, we're enjoying it. You know what I mean? We're 22 movies into the MCU. We're about to do Endgame. Um, but I'm going to bring it all down, crashing down upon you. Um, I think, I don't know. Are we entering a world where we're hitting the end of content because of the quarantine? Hmm. Are we what not do you mean? Get new con- are we not going to get new content for a while? Because you can't get actors. I'm, sta- I'm standing here watching Mallrats. I have three actors that are very close to each other. Michael Roker and the other two guys sitting right here. And uh, they're not socially distanced. Is it going to be a while till we get new MCU content? Or will they use some green screen trickery? What's going on? What's, where are your guys' heads at? I mean, I, I'm... You know, I love classic movies, so I love going back. I just bought the No Name Trilogy going back to the 60s. I was watching those things. But uh, most people like new content. Are we hitting the end of new content? Like, I I just finished uh, Better Call Saul season. So that show's done until this whole thing's over. What are you guys thought? Are your brains going there too? So I my, my second article has to do with that a little bit. So, so I think... I think we're going to be okay for a little while. I just, I don't know for how long. If because we're sense. in post-production in a lot of things. You know what I mean? Correct. Is that what you said? There's a, right. There's a okay. lot of post-production you can do at home where you don't need people or hopefully if, right. if they have to do right, right, right. new voiceovers, they can send them a mic and have them do it at home. So, uh, um, right. it's it just, more, it just came out. Yeah, it just came out like the end of Spider-Man 3. Robert Downey Jr. broke his ankle. And like the last scene was totally green screened and they filmed him and just put his head in. Um, so that gave me hope that they could just kind of green screen the whole next Doctor Strange movie or something like that. Well, they postponed the they postponed the release date to December 2021 for Doctor Strange. Um, I had posted mm-hmm. an article on Facebook about the new release dates. Um, because they do want it to go into theaters. They don't want that to go content straight to home, which is what I think other, the smaller movies can do. Um, things that don't, you, people won't really care about seeing on the big screen. Yeah, I think yeah. that's a good point. Gotcha. I mean, I think we're going to get to that. Uh, if, if this keeps going on into the summer uh, and the demand for content increases, uh, I, I do think a lot of these movie studios are going to probably change their plans and we might see some more uh, video on demand releases. I mean, we, me and my family watched the Trolls sequel last week, mm-hmm. uh, which was okay, by the way. Separate topic. But anyway, um, yeah. but 
apparently it did very well, like on VOD. I think they uh, they estimated it made like fifty million in one day or something like that. So, you know, for these studios that where it's all about basically the dollars, and that's why they're pushing everything back. Um, if there is a proven track record that can at least make something off these, you know, on demand services, uh, hopefully that means we're going to get some some new releases. Because man, uh, I would really like to see some some new material, some new movies. It'd be great. Yeah, that, that's where my brain goes. Josh, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? Well, when when you said it, what I kind of uh, uh, what I pictured in my head was the scene in the Truman Show when uh, Truman finally makes it to the edge of the world and like crashes his boat into the into the side as, oh, as nice. somehow being like nice. it's like it's like reaching the uh, the end of the uh, the internet or reaching the you know it, it's we're not gonna we're not gonna run out of content. Um, things are going to take longer, maybe, um, just by virtue of having trouble getting people into the same room. Um, but I, I, I don't, I don't envision um, a way that either one, this is protracted out for so long uh, that we're going to have, you know, that we're going to have to worry about movies not coming out. I think eventually this a cure is found or a vaccine and we all end up being able to go back to work or the, or technology adapts uh, for us to be able to uh, for them to be able to film um, in a new way uh, where you, you know, potentially have uh, all of your different stars working on separate, uh, separate green screens with reduced, uh, with reduced crew. Um, I mean, it's not going to be good. Uh, at least at first, it's going to be like a product of uh, trial and error. Um, I mean, the, the the Star Wars prequel trilogy was pretty much filmed uh, by wooden actors on sound stages with, um, you know, state of the art technology. Um, I hate Sam. Really in- it's so coarse. <laughs> right. I mean, funny thing, Hayden Christensen, Hayden Christensen and uh, Natalie Portman weren't even in the same country uh, when they filmed that, uh, that scene, which explains, explains a lot. Um, oh, my goodness. But, well, in CGI, we don't have to worry about anything because Cat set such a low bar. <laughs> right. I, like, I was just listening to, uh, to a Rewatchables podcast the other day for um, – uh, I can't remember. They were doing fat, either Fast Five or Fast Seven. It was one of the Fast and the Furious movies, and Paul Walker was dead for, you know, Fast a Five. Lot the, a, lot, a lot of the filming, Fast Five. See, I knew you'd knew. Yep. Um, but Paul Walker was dead. Saw it in the theaters, and, cried like a baby. And they, and they finished <laughs> the movie, and and not just finished the movie, but it's like that's considered the best of the the series. Um. Maybe it's because Paul Walker died. I don't want to speculate about that. But <laughs> no, I, I I like Paul Walker. He was awesome, and she's better. Awesome. Better actor. Hot take. Better better actor. Paul Walker or Jeremy London in Mallrats. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy Paul, London. Wait, Paul Paul Walker in uh, the Fast franchise or Paul Walker in Varsity Blues? What Paul Walker are we talking about? Uh, I can say Paul Walker in Varsity Blues or Paul Walker in Dinosaur City with Denise Richards. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I knew I knew you'd one up me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Anyway, yeah, that's that's kind of where uh, my brain is going when we get to the end of these MCU movies. Is like, I'm going through with Katie, and I'm like, all right, well, I had to wait a year and a half for Endgame, and then we're gonna get to Endgame like tomorrow. We're gonna watch it, and then gonna be like, oh wait, how late? How long am I have to wait? You know, I know that the Black or the um, the Black Widow uh, movie is coming out, and then uh, Falcon and uh, Winter Soldier is coming out, and then what? Like everything is being pushed, like Lynette said. So that's that's just why I brought that up. So yeah, and Black Widow. Now we have to wait even longer. Yep. Because that's not coming out until fall. That's September now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jeez. Anyway, good stuff, man. Good stuff. Um. All right. So for my first pick this week, uh, folks. Last night we saw quite the premiere on uh, cable. <clears throat> we got the first two installments of the Last Dance, the ten-part oh, documentary. Yeah on the Chicago Bulls season of 1997-98. And I have to tell you, um, it is everything that I hoped it would be and more when we talk about sports documentary series. Uh, it is, like, the first within the first five minutes, I'm all in on this thing. It is unbelievable uh, getting this candidness, the backstage uh, conversations, uh, seeing Jordan as he actually was in practices and things like that. It is fantastic. And the fact that we're only two episodes in and we have, I think five more weeks of this, cause I think they're going to do two, two episodes per week. Um, I, I, I can't wait. Did any of you get a chance to see it yet? No, when no does I'm that waiting be- for that. Oh my God. It's awesome. ESPN. It's yeah, it's on yeah. ESPN. It's actually they they have it on Hulu right now. If you have Hulu uh, subscriptions, you can actually watch the first two, and I think you can watch them free on ESPN their site right now too. They had it up at least as of this morning. You could watch it. So, uh, I I taped it last night. Watched it last night. Looking forward to watching it again. Um, I love the way they're doing it. Mm. I love the uh, you know the that it's you know, basically taking the 1998 season um, as an endpoint, and then kind of each episode flashes back to what happened in the years leading up to it. Right. Um, you know, I loved the, the video and, and Larry Bird's take on, on the 63 point game that he had, that Jordan had in the playoffs in 86. Love that the Celtics won that game. Um, I still think that Celtics team is the best team that, that ever you know, ever took the court that it was better than the 72 and 10 bulls team. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, like the, all the stuff last night with the dynamic between Jordan and Jerry Krause and, and Pippen and, you know, Reinsdorf is a jerk, but he's very candid in the documentary and they, he, he gives a lot of access. I was really impressed with it. I can't wait for the, the next part. Josh, I got a question for you. When you say you taped it, does that mean that you literally time traveled back to 1992 and recorded it on a VCR? Yes. Well, <laughs> much, much much like uh, having to, you know, m- much like if you have an iPhone, you still hang up the phone. Um, taping it is just ignoring it. I know. So. I just wanted to pick on you. <laughs> no, I actually, I recorded it on, to, on a reel to reel. Um, no. <laughs> Beat a max. <laughs> Chris, what did? What was your? Uh, what was your favorite part of the two episodes? Oh my god! Well, first of all, when he described the his rookie year and the Bulls team that he came into as being like a cocaine party, 
uh, was fantastic. Like he, he actually, he started at like the front of the plane and like described what drugs were being taken all the way to the back of the plane. Uh, it was fantastic. And, and just hearing how the dislike for Jerry Krause and, um, all this stuff. I mean, and, and, you know, I kind of, I'll be honest with you, like towards the end of that run, I always looked at Scottie Pippen as kind of being soft and, uh, seeing that there was probably reasons behind that. And, uh, it's very interesting, and the fact that he was, he signed a seven year deal for eighteen million in his prime is just ridiculous. Um, so, I love the reason why he did it. Yes, you know, t- talking about like how he came from a huge family and he needed to support everybody, and it and it guaranteed that they would be secure, um, even if he didn't know that that, that everybody else around him was going to get really rich. Exactly. Uh, exactly. But no, it's it's great. I mean, I love the OJ Made in America documentary, and this is um, very much in the same pacing, which I really like. Like they're not rushing things, really going into detail. It, it's if you're an NBA fan, casual or passionate, uh, you're gonna love all of it. So uh, it was really good. So excellent, excellent. Um, all right, let's keep moving. Lynette, what do you got for your number two this week? All right, my number two is actually a person. I'm going to talk about all the wonderful things that are Issa Rae right now. Uh, do you guys know who Issa Rae is? Yes. Yes. I love me some Issa Rae. So right now she's having a moment because um, her fourth season of Insecure on HBO just came out. Uh, they're two episodes in. And I have to say I was crying. I watched them tonight right before this because um, I wanted to talk about her for something else. And um she just brought it again her witty sense of what it takes to be a modern woman um the 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 grossness but also the the perseverance is hilarious uh and well worth the watch um her movie that came out in theaters for valentine's day the photograph is being released um on streaming services on april 28th and also her new movie, Lovebirds, that was supposed to come out in theaters April 3rd, which is a romantic murder mystery comedy with um, uh, the gentleman from The Big Sick. Uh, what's his name? Oh, Camille. On, uh, gosh, I can't pronounce yeah, his last name. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Um, it was supposed to come out in movie theaters April 3rd. Netflix picked it up. And so Netflix is going to put it out and it will be out May, May 12th um, on Netflix for everybody to watch. If you have a Netflix account, it will be free to watch on Netflix. Um, so I just love pretty much everything she's in. I didn't get a chance to see the photograph when it was in theaters. So I'm super excited that it's coming out. Um, to streaming services. So I'll probably watch that um, because like I said, everything she touches lately seems to turn into gold. I loved Little, uh, which if you haven't seen that, it's hilarious and you need to watch it because it's the opposite of big. And I mean that in all senses. So um, yeah, if you guys, are you guys Issa Rae fans? Um, Yay, nay. Nacho thing. I I gotta be honest, I haven't seen enough of her stuff to truly you know, really get into it. I've seen, you know, every episode of Insecure, I've probably seen maybe like two or three, um, I've liked. So it's just, it's, she's on my radar, uh, of, of saying like, okay, I gotta probably check out more stuff that she's done. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I would say check it out. Enjoy it. Start from the beginning because literally I could rewatch Insecure all the time. It's just, <laughs> it makes me laugh the whole time. And plus they've got really explicit sex scenes for a 30 minute show is worth it. Heck yes. All about that. <laughs> mm. Good stuff. Oh, and they have a sub show in it this year. <laughs> oh, okay. It's a, it's like a real murder, uh, <laughs> but for black people. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. I got to check it out. I got to check it out. Uh, good stuff, Lynette. Way, way to bring it. Um, Josh, what do you got for your number two? So uh, from the world of video games, um, I'm, uh, as I said before, I'm working my way through uh, old Assassin's Creed titles. Um, actually picked up the two newest versions of Assassin's Creed also. Um, before that, uh before they really started to get into open world gaming, uh, the gold standard uh, for open world uh, was Rockstar, or is it may still even be Rockstar? Because I know uh, Red Dead Redemption Two last year was like a fantastic game. I haven't had a chance to play it yet. I don't know if you guys have played it, but it's supposed to be awesome. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, the there's GTA Six is coming this year. It's either this year or next year. Um, so GTA Grand Theft Auto, uh, if, if, uh, if you don't want it to be abbreviated, um, is coming out and there's been, uh, there was a few articles that came out this week. Um, saw them on screen rant, saw them on, uh, Kotaku, um, about Rockstar's, uh, public image taking a hit as Red Dead Redemption 2 was coming out, um, because they were working their programmers to death. Um, 120, 140 hour weeks uh, of work uh, getting ready for uh, Red Dead 2 to come out. And um, now Rockstar, because their image take, took a hit, was starting to um, starting to change the culture uh, at their company uh, to be more employee friendly. Um, there's been a push towards unionization in the video game world for programmers. I'm unions all the way for everything. Um, so I would be a big supporter of that as well. Um, do you guys, does it ever come into play for you? Um, no pun intended. Um, you know, the, the culture of a, a video game company or the culture of video games in general affecting what games you would buy or what games you would play. Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, I tend to stay away from a lot of the, the PC gaming, um, online gaming, uh, just in general, just because I had, you know, when I had my Xbox 360 and I would do a lot of the Call of Duty stuff, I find myself getting irrationally angry with, with things. Uh, and, I don't know what you're talking right, about. And oh, same yeah. thing is that like, if, if they were being recorded, I probably would lose my job. Um, and, and so <laughs> I said, I said to myself, maybe I should get away from this culture for a little bit. And, and you know, it's funny. I, I work for a school that is huge in gaming. We have a game design program. They, they do amazing work. So I'm constantly surrounded by and talking to students that, that are in this culture. And so I asked them, have things gotten any better? <laughs> and the answer is no. Uh, it, if anything, it's gotten worse. So, <laughs> for in some in some ways. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I kind of stay away. I just, I mean, this is this is my style. This past 
weekend I bought an N64 because I was like, I just was craving playing. I old, saw that. Yeah, it's amazing. Old school WWF games, Goldeneye. Did you get? Uh, did you get uh, Dark Perfect? Perfect Dark. That? Yeah, that's that's the Perfect one. Dark. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, great! I, I ordered game. it. It hasn't arrived yet, but I'm I'm nice counting the days until it gets here. So yeah. Um, yeah. Pick up a copy of Shadows of the Empire if you can find it. Oh, oh, yeah, I bought that on Xbox 360. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's an outstanding game. So, Chris, the kids that are in the program at your school, like, are they aware of the the work culture and the demands and – you know, the sort if there's any if there's any women who are in the program, the the kind of misogynistic yeah. boy network in in the video game industry. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because I I will say this. You know, I, you know, my school has 45 different majors when it comes to design and things like that. And what I find is that the game design students are the most prepared in terms of knowledge of the industry than any other major that I talk to more than film, more than graphic design, uh, more than animation. They just know the ins and outs probably because of Twitch and a lot of these other platforms that, that offer a a transparent look into the industry. Now you asked, you mentioned women. Um, thankfully I'm starting to see, uh, I would, I would call it a wave of, of women getting into this, this industry that are majoring in this subject area. And I really do hope that they, help that that culture that misogynistic culture which is very very present um and uh in and change it for good because i i do think that wave is coming i see it i would i would venture to say probably about 30 to 40 percent of the uh, students i talk to in that major are are women so it's encouraging awesome that's good to see. yeah you know what i've i've always been um very uh like i've i haven't been um Let's let's let put uh, let me put it like this. Uh, I haven't been very uh, cognizant of what kind of game companies are developing the games, but I've been cited on what console I side with. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, I was a PlayStation person, you know, live and die like up to PlayStation Two, and then I have been Xbox, and it looks like Xbox Series X coming up is I, I cannot wait for that thing to come out. Mm. Um, so, but, you know, I, we hear stories behind the scenes about Rockstar and then of course, you know, our friend, our our ex-friend, uh, Kurt Schilling, uh, bankrupting a New England state with his game company. So more more gaming stories like that are coming out. Yeah. And thankfully there's more and more legitimate websites that are, are popping up that are doing good reporting on the industry and, um, showing both the things that should be highlighted and, and praising them and also casting like the, the Kirchling thing being one of them. I mean, my God, Rhode Island, I don't think has recovered since. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, it, it's a, it's a big deal, but um, it's an industry that thankfully is not going anywhere. A lot of people thought this was going to be a bubble that's going to burst, but uh, it's only getting better and bigger. Um, and, uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to see what you know the new platforms come out uh, down the road and and all that fun stuff. So yeah, totally. Awesome. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Uh, jo- uh, I was about to say Josh again. Ben, what's your number two? Oh, Sam, it is my turn, isn't it? All right, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> zoning out. Um, anyway, uh, I wanted to talk about some uh, set photos. Now oh. we're talking about 
content that isn't coming out, and this is a movie that's in post-production right now. Uh, set photos from Dennis Villanueva's Dune. Ooh, the first look right. at the ensemble cast. And this cast, this movie, it, you got Josh Brolin. You got, oh my God, you just got so many people. There's so many people to list. I can't even list all of these people. There's so many crazy. So I am such a fan of this guy. Um, I loved, I don't know if you guys ever caught up and uh, saw his Blade Runner, but I love his vision of that. I thought it was such a great blending of Ghost in the Shell and the original Blade Runner, which, you know, I, I think that Ghost in the Shell, the uh, old school manga comics, uh, blends from that. I, I thought it was such a great way to envision, you know, I think we're getting into this world where you can take like IP, like used an old IP, and then like kind of blend it with a prequel slash reimagining, but doing it in a, in a good way, like Better Call Saul or something like that. And I thought that his version of Blade Runner was just, oh my god, just so good. And I can watch that over and over again. Um, so, guys, how excited are you for this version of Dune? Has has Dune been done to death, or are we ready for a really good version? Because I don't think there really has been a good version. I mean, I love David Lynch, Ride and Die, but, I mean, that's not really a good movie. I know that I've read some of the book, and I played tons of the SNES video game when I was a kid. Um, so what are your thoughts on this Dune coming out? Well, I'm all for it. Um, I, I think it's a it's a great property that I think has a very special place in science fiction fantasy realms. Um and I think further exploration of this universe, I think, is a good thing. Um, Design-wise, it looks it looks moody as hell. I'll put it that way. The whole movie looks very. Yeah. It's got a very kind of moody tone to it. Uh, I mean, Timothy Chalamet is just you know he's <laughs> emo of emo looking kids in this in this thing. But yeah, um, it, I, I can't wait. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for it. What do you guys think? I'm excited. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Also, I I. The, the Dune books I've never tackled. It's always been on the list of, of series that I've wanted to wanted to read. Um, I'm concerned about this, but I, there's like eventually a story a story is going to fall into the right hands. Um, and I think about like the when you know Peter Jackson got to do Lord of the Rings, and if you have the the right guy and you have the right vision. And it all it can all come together, um, and I'm hoping it. I'm hoping it's this. There's been fits and starts with other Dune, um, with other Dune movies. Um, you know, Lynch maybe not the may not have been the right person to make the, like the definitive uh, film version of Dune. Um, right. I know the one that sci fi did was was truer to the source material. Um, it was okay. It was okay. I watched that. Yeah. But but nobody's ever done it in a way to to kind of bring it home. Um, Villeneuve's style is amazing, so I like I'm I'm looking forward to it too. Awesome, awesome, Lynette. Any thoughts? I I'm excited. I it's one of those movies that I know I've seen in the past, but I think I was too young to actually remember it. So I want to rewatch it. But I was excited when I heard that they were doing another one. Um, because I know all of my friends love it so much. So, um, plus it's also, I think on one of my scratch off movie posters. So I have to do it to scratch it off. Um, you know, but no, usually, I'm excited. 
yeah, usually I'm like a diehard for like the original, like, oh, don't see that remake, but I don't know, you can kind of skip that one. Like and just watch this one. I, I got a sense. I got a feeling that this one's gonna be pretty definitive as as far as source material and the mood. I mean, just from the pictures, it looks great. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, what was I gonna say? Um, what, well, how did you feel about Mad Max Fury Road? Oh, oh, amazing. <laughs> okay, so then we should be fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> What's the greatest movie of the last 10 years? I don't know. That's definitely in the it's talk, in the right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it made the list. That, yeah. So. That, that, you know, that'll always be the movie too, that I, that I'll always kick myself for not seeing that one in the theater. And, and oh. Ben, oh, I remember oh, you, gorgeous. you telling me, you, you got to see this in the theater and I missed it. And I, I think Lucy had just been born and, and that was the reason why. I think why. so. I think so. Um, but, I remember, like, we finally got it, and I watched it on the couch, and I realized that for the first, like, 20 minutes of the movie, I hadn't taken a breath. And I was, like, <laughs> and I was starting to turn purple just, just watching the movie. I remember not blinking and breathing for the first hour. <laughs> oh, yeah. My, my eyes was... were tearing up because I wasn't blinking. It was, it was, yeah, it was crazy. That was the first time I got really, really mad at the Academy because it didn't win. No. Was it yeah, even nominated really... for? It was nominated for best picture, but it, it was didn't win. best yeah. picture. But, yeah. but not even like. And then when you watch, I don't know. I, I own the Blu-ray, and if you guys ever watch the featurettes, to realize how much of that movie is practical, like they really yeah. built all those cars. Yeah. Like those performers on the uh, the polecat guys are are circus Olay performers. Like yep. it's not CGI. And Tom Hardy did a lot of that stuff, even though he was a shit on set. He did a lot of that stuff where his head is like four feet from the ground, like doing like 70 in the desert. I mean, what a champ. I mean, what a great, it's an achievement in cinema. You know what I mean? Like we talked about 1917 being an achievement, like, but at least Fury Road, I'm going to rewatch that over and over and over again. And, See, I, I, you know, as we're sitting here in the Pocky clips, you know what I mean? I'm ready to go shiny and chrome any day. So. <laughs> I, I, I feel like what they, the, the year that that came out was almost like a reset for the Academy in the same way that when they fucked up uh, The Dark Knight um, and screwed everything up with that except for the Heath Ledger Oscar. Like, mm-hmm. they, there was a reset because it won every award it, that it was nominated for, but, it, but not Best Picture. And, like, that people weren't taking it seriously – except that it had won all of the technical Oscars and everybody was acknowledging this is the best movie that was made this year, um, that it kind of set the stage for a movie like Parasite to win this year. That, yeah. you know, as long as everybody everybody who saw it said, forget 1917, this is the best movie that was made this year. And and then they mm. could come around to it. And in much the same way that, you know, everybody was saying that about Fury Road, but I... I can't even remember what won that year. It wasn't something that was good as Fury Road. I mean, no. that's for that's for sure. That wasn't. That was not the Moonlight year, right? Uh, it might be. That. Oh yeah, I think it was. Yeah. All right. Boy, well, then Moonlight. Uh, Moonlight was good, but yeah, I'm looking up right I mean, now. I don't know. Me too. It won costume, production, makeup and hairstyling, film editing, sound editing, sound mixing. And what year was it? Spotlight. 
It was 15. Oh. I mean, I love Spotlight, Spotlight but, but that's a better, this is a much better movie. They yeah. knew. They knew Fury was better. <laughs> <laughs> They've been doing it for years, and they knew. Oh, they knew Fury Road was better. <laughs> oh my gosh! The Martian was better, and the Big Short was better. Sorry, mm, yeah, just putting that out there. Yeah, I agree. Bridge of yeah, Spy, not a good movie. Bridge of Spies, not a good movie. Just putting that out there. That's a I don't even one. know if I saw. It. I think I fell asleep during that one. That was <laughs> wow. It's rough. It's rough. And then there's that movie Room, which isn't the Room, so I don't give a shit about it. So. <laughs> Room's good though. Room was good. It's not as good as the Room. Oh, hi, Mark. <laughs> You're tearing me apart, genre. Lisa. Anyway, You're tearing me apart. Uh, good stuff, man. Good stuff. All right. So for my last pick this week, um, so this past weekend, uh, to just simply do something. Uh, the family and I took a drive basically across Connecticut. We drove from like East Haddam to like Litchfield County and back. So it was like a good, like probably three hours overall on the road. So it was a good I was going to say, was that about 20 minutes? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> it was good. It was good. I, I basically picked like a prep school I knew of in Litchfield County and drove on the back roads to get there and then back roads back. So it was an, it was an adventure, which by the way, if, if, if people are looking for things to do uh, in this era of, <laughs> You know, staying homeless. I definitely recommend taking drives. Those are fun. Anyway, um, coming back though, I decided to put on my Spotify playlist and brought up the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood soundtrack. Which mm. has any have any of you listened to it? Oh yes. my oh, god, no. Chris. I've listened to the Spotify playlist of it. Thank that has you. a complete thing. Yeah. Yes. So Ben knows what I'm talking about. So the genius that Quentin Tarantino is decided to put in um, radio, like what Los Angeles radio broadcasting uh, FM show with Don Steele uh, in it. So you get these promos almost between songs. So it sounds like you're, you're when you're driving, listening to this, you are driving and you are taken back in time and listening to the radio in 1969. And it is fantastic. The playlist on Spotify also has little mini um, talks that he does with, I guess, I, I think it's maybe the executive producer of the soundtrack or somebody. And he discusses why he put, you know, certain songs um, in in the movie. And it's it's fascinating. It's absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, if you're looking for something fun to do, drive around, put that playlist on. Um, and it is it is just absolutely thoroughly uh, enjoyable, uh, which is, is awesome. So, Ben, I know you said you you, you know what I'm talking about. Give me your thoughts on the whole thing. Yep. Um, I just love, I know you talked about, like, I, I, I think, you know, Lynette, I think it was close to your first um, podcast on here. We're talking about the Oscar nominees for the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like we were talking about how, you know, Oscar is so white and how they just did it again this year. But mm-hmm. then you, <laughs> but then like what, at the same breath you said, but. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is a masterpiece, so who gives a shit? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, that, that that stuck in my head. It's like, I, I don't care if Brad Pitt and, and Leo are white because that movie is a masterpiece and they were cast correctly and the whole thing. I think I think this movie is going to keep reverberating, just like all a lot of Tarantino movies. Like, still, I'm quoting Reservoir Dogs. I just quoted Reservoir Dogs in the backyard when my kid hit me with a tennis ball. And I said, you hit me with a tennis ball in a dream, you better wake up and apologize. I mean, there's a lot of, 
things that we quote from Tarantino movies even 20, 30 years later. I think soundtrack, Chris, I think you're dead on. And when you hear about the research of him actually finding the time of day in Los Angeles when the broadcast was happening that Brad Pitt would be driving around, um, Cliff Booth would be driving around and actually finding the actual clip. What the hell? I mean, just that is painstakingly taking your job serious. And it doesn't matter if you're making movies, if you're a nurse or if you're a lawyer or something like that. We, uh, I just love people that just take their job serious and kick ass. You know what I mean? And that's kick what it's ass. all about. Yeah. Yeah. I, agree. I mean, Tarantino, though, always has done that. If you look back even at Pulp Fiction's soundtrack, I remember one of the things that blew our minds was the fact that they actually had the dialogue in between. Like, you would do the whole Zed's dead. Who's Zed? Or whose chopper is this, baby? It's Zed. Zed. Who's Zed? Zed's, Zed's dead. Zed, and then it would go, nah, 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 nah. and you just like, all right, yep, this is it. Like, yeah, it was, it made yeah. my high school experience because that was the first time I think people were really like, wait, you can put both things in it and it still will flow. And he does that. I feel like he does that with everything. He, he's, he knows exactly what every part of his, his merchandise needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's totally of- right. Lynette, you're totally right. Like, I remember the Pulp Fiction soundtrack up at summer camp. And, you know, you have these 14, 15 year old girls knowing uh, Preacher's, the song Preacher's Song, uh, uh, mm-hmm. Son of a Preacher Man. Preacher Man. Man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, there's no, there's no reason for these 14 year olds in 1994 to know that song from the 70s. And here we are knowing all these words and stuff like that. That's how I unless they're black <laughs> or yes. Or, you know, want to be black. Right. Right. <laughs> or their mama, their mamas and daddies raised them on Motown. But That's right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. No, but it, it's great. I, I love the stories where he like, you know, talks about stumbling onto certain songs being like, I wasn't even going to use this, but you know, it's like, I found it. I was like, it was perfect. So I think he's one of the few filmmakers out there. Scorsese is another one. I think that truly understand how to use music, uh, to, to, to add ambiance, to add importance, to make, to drive home iconic moments. I mean, if you really think about the most iconic moments in Quentin Tarantino's films, I, I'm willing to bet 90% of them usually have a, a, a kick-ass song behind it. So mm-hmm. um, it's just, it, it's a mastery uh, unto itself. So it's like if, if Quentin Tarantino wasn't a director, he would have been a soundtrack, you know, uh, producer or music supervisor on a film because he would have been perfect mm-hmm. for that. So, um, yeah. yeah. So yes, if you haven't done it already, get get on the Spotify playlist, you know, take a listen to all that. It, it's absolutely incredible. So Also, also Chris, you know, Spotify... I, I think we gotta get them as a sponsor because I, you know, <laughs> right before the right before Pocky Clips happened, uh, I, I bit the bullet and got the Spotify Premium, and I love it, and I just bathe in new music every day. And the new oh, Strokes album, yeah. have I noticed? I, I know, Josh, I texted you. Yeah, the new Strokes album. Oh my God, it's a mix of the Strokes and the Cure. I don't know, maybe even. Um, what, who who are those guys? Uh, how does it feel? How does it feel? Who sings that song? Uh, oh, Blue Oyster Cult. No, uh, Blue no. Uh, uh, Blue Monday. Is, Blue Monday. Blue Monday. Blue. But that's the song. That's the song. Oh, the, the, oh 
my god! Oh, it's just well, there's there's it's the originals from the Smiths, isn't it? No, no. we're New fucking up. We're New fucking World, up. New World Order. Order, New World Order. Yeah, New no, World Order. No, 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 New. just, just yeah. New Order. And then a band called a band called Orgy did a, a wait New of... World Order. What's New World Order? Is that a conspiracy theory? What is that? <laughs> well, there's a New World Bistro where I live. <laughs> was that what George H. Herbert Walker Bush was doing? The New World Order. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right but new order yeah it's uh, it's a mix of all that but the strokes are awesome just check them out i was you know what like it was this kind of pre post-punk kind of band but my god i think they're coming into their own with this album my god just i love spotify anyway sorry good stuff man good stuff i love it um all right folks well let's get into it let's go youtube and let's do it um Let's start off with Ben, actually. I'll, I'll go reverse order. Ben, what do you got for YouTube this week? All right. So um, I think I posted this one to my Facebook. Uh, it's by the uh, YouTube channel Trash Theory. It's about the song Ghost Town by The Specials. I think, Josh, you liked this video. Yeah, um, I liked it a lot. And it is great, and it means so much to what is going on right now. If you guys don't know the song Ghost Town by the Specials, it's just, it's so apropos. Anyway, so uh, next we have Rotten Tomatoes TV, 12-minute video about Bob Odenkirk. Talk about how uh, the oral history of Saul Goodman from Breaking Bad. I saw, So Breaking Bad wrapped up, and it's him talking. And then I went through Breaking Bad and went through all the Saul Goodman greatest episodes of Breaking Bad on Netflix. My God, I love that show so much. Dare I say, I don't know where they're going with the last season or two coming up, but my God, it might be better than the original. It's such a good show. Also, I'm going back to Soon Films, S-O-O-N Films, uh, with Korean street food. My man took a picture of someone making an Oreo waffle. It is something to behold. I miss fast food so much. I don't know about you people, but Oreo waffles. So it's an, it's it's crushed Oreo into the batter, and then they put the frosting on it, and then ice cream. It's it's out of control and chocolate chips and cocoa powder. My God. Anyway, and then I want to go back to um, an old favorite on my YouTube. It's called Good Bad Flicks. That's mm. the name of the channel. Mm -hmm. He has this exploring series. And he goes back through these um, movies, like, you know, kind of like cult movies sometimes. But this one that I liked on my Live Noon Swearing account um, is a movie called Snowpiercer, a movie that we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast by Boon, uh, by Bong Joon Ho, the guy that won for, uh, oh my God, what's the name Parasite. of it? Parasite this yeah. year. And um, it, he goes into the behind the scenes on it. The reason why I like this one. So exploring Snowpiercer is the name of the movie. I hope or the video. I hope you get into it because he. Um, this was made in 2015, and guess who had quite a hand in the distribution of Snowpiercer? Any guesses? I mean, I know the answer, but I'll, I'll let you guys guess. I'm assuming it's Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. It's Tarantino. No, Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so when you watch this video, you know, uh, my man, Good Bad Flicks, he didn't know what was going to happen with Harvey Weinstein. But um, 
he's kind of a dickhole in this video as well. You know, not as much of a dickhole as he is, but he is still a dickhole. Because Snowpiercer is a cool video. He goes into where it came from, the source material and everything, but then goes into why it wasn't as big. And then we have this Jung Bon Ho, who was awesome, awesome director and anything, but was kind of like crushed under, you know, trampled underfoot by, you know, Weinstein. What a douche. Uh, so, yeah. That's why I picked that video. Did anybody actually, has anybody watched the TV show Snowpiercer? Not yet. Not yet. Is it out? I don't, I don't know if yet. it's out. It's, it was supposed to, it's on what, TNT? TNT. I thought it was supposed to come out in January. I thought it was mm. too, but it was at the Comic-Con, right, Lynette? They had the yeah. whole standing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't hmm. know if it's out yet. I just know it's got David Diggs in it. Ugh, another one of yeah, my... Yeah, I, I do have to check it out and... Because that movie on second rewatch was quite trippy. And just to find out that it was uh, from like a, a graphic novel from this video, uh, check out Exploring Snowpiercer. Great video. Well, I've got good news. It comes out on May 17th. Mm. Oh, we haven't missed New it. Content. New content. New content. <laughs> New content. New <laughs> content. Lynette just like woke up like, uh, like Ebenezer Scrooge. Like, I haven't missed it. <laughs> <laughs> You're like the grandparents in the big uh, bed in Willy Wonka. Speaking of snow piercers, <laughs> it's so true. Oh, oh those grandparents! So good, so good. <laughs> um, all right, Lynette, let's go to you. What do you got for for YouTube in this week? All right, I got two YouTube ins this week. First one is I want everybody to go to YouTube and I want you to look up the Mandalorian season two trailer slash Disney Plus. Um, it's it's the on IGN? there. Is this the IGN or is this a yeah, serious trailer? This is the, this is a special trailer. Oh, the special trailer. Okay, gotcha. Special trailer. Yes. I don't want to ruin it, Chris. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. So special trailer. Check it out. I think you're all gonna enjoy it. Some humor in these COVID nineteen days, um, and then also some personal fun stuff. Is um, a friend of mine whose daughter um, she wrote a book for her two daughters. One has. Um, severe seizure disorder and the other one um, is just a beautiful person they're all beautiful people uh, called Isla and Lulu uh, her daughter Lulu decided to sing scrubs um, while wearing her Minnie Mouse nightgown in a beautiful beautiful rendition and it has gone viral uh, to the point that it was picked up by the Today Show um, and where Chili from the TLC has said that she wants to come over and babysit when all this is done. Um, it is a work of masterful art by a lovely, lovely, I think she's, I want to say she's three. She's three or four singing Scrubs in the bathroom. It's it's hilarious. Check it out. Uh, Issa and Lulu on um on YouTube and also on Facebook, uh, Facebook. You can find it on my Facebook. It's fun stuff. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Josh, what do you got? I got a bunch, I got a bunch of stuff. So the, the other day on Twitter, um, maybe even last week, week, uh, Mark Bernardin who, uh, hosts, co-hosts, uh, fat man on Batman, uh, with Kevin Smith. Yeah. Uh, their, their podcast had posted a video of, um, the, uh, these audience fan reactions, uh, from Captain America wielding Molnir in uh, Endgame, and and <laughs> what it was like to be in the theater uh, when Cap held the hammer for the first time, and then everybody came walking through the portal, 
and hearing everybody just go berserk. So it was awesome. Um, as I was watching the clip for like the 30th time, uh, this video popped up um, and it's Portals uh, from Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. So it's a song that's playing and it's posted by a guy named Christopher Bill. It's Portals from Avengers Endgame played by 100 trombonists on stage. Oh. And it is fucking awesome. It is, it is no. really so cool. Yes, it's great. It's great. You'll get chills listening to it. It's really, really good. So that was the first thing. The second thing, um, with all of like the, did you guys watch the 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 um, global citizen concert on Saturday? A little bit. Like everybody yeah. kind of broadcasting of from home and everything. Yeah, um, I was a little too drunk. Yeah, it, like it was oh, your okay. birthday! Happy birthday, Lynette! Thank you. Yeah, yeah happy birthday. So. Uh, it was okay. You know, parts of it were, mm-hmm. were, were good. Some of it not so good. Um, collaborations are tough in this day and age. Um, but the band Goldfinger is fucking killing it uh, with their quarantine videos. So the last two weeks, they've posted videos. Uh, uh, do you guys know Goldfinger? Yeah. I love here in my, here in my bedroom, right? Yeah. Here in my so, bedroom. So, yeah. so they they re-recorded versions of Here in Your Bedroom and Superman um, all playing at their houses all separately and cut it all together with video clips and everything. So they're on uh, versions of that are on Goldfinger Music on YouTube, uh, which are also great. Um, the last one, and Chris, I'm going to apologize in advance for this. You might want to close your ears. Oh, no. Uh, this week is the NFL Draft. Uh, starting on Thursday, mm. and so every it's time. A, it's time. A tradition, a tradition unlike any other. Uh, Jets draft blunders. <laughs> uh, no. Oh no! Every year it's so good. It gets better every single year, and you don't need like the updated versions of it. Kind of suck. You just yeah. need to watch the yeah. original one. The original um, Jeff Lagerman. Watch. <laughs> oh, watch. Watching them pick Ken O'Brien over Dan Marino in 83. Uh, 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 yeah. We want Sap! We want Sap! Kyle Brady. Kyle Brady. Tight end. <laughs> oh, New York, New York becomes tight end, tight end! Yep. I mean, you had Chad Pennington instead of uh, Tom Brady, so that was a good one. Oh. Yeah, that one, that one, weird, not on there, because it hadn't been... This is from, like, I don't know, 97 or 98. Oh, it's so great, Chris. I'm sending it to you right now. (laughs) (laughs) All I got to say to that, Josh, is as a Jets fan, um, it is very clear that they need to take a wide receiver uh, this year. And uh, because their GM is a former offensive lineman, they will not take a wide receiver this year. uh, And therefore, uh, yeah, not get the weapons that they need. So it's going to be another blunder. I'll put it that way. I'm preparing myself. Uh, well, unfortunately, it's going to affect Philadelphia because we need a, a wide receiver also. Mm. So uh, I'm really hoping that Jets tradition holds and you guys take an interior lineman. CC Lamb, that's my guy. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> crossing my fingers. Oh, <laughs> thanks, man. That, that was great. Uh, so... No problem. Love you. <laughs> uh, from here comes answer. Chris. I'm sending it to you right yeah, now. The there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Uh, so... So, oh, there it is. Um, so <laughs> great, and you know I'll watch it too. You think? Um, so <laughs> it's the best. I think you know what, Chris. You know what? Before you go, I, I just want to say, 
I think we've come to like a year and a couple months or a month that we've been doing mm. this podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think I started with that video. <laughs> I have to go back and check. <laughs> This is going to become so a Harry Rama. Thing. Harry Rama. Thing. Yeah. Here it is. Um, <laughs> all right. So for my YouTube thing, real quick, uh, this is a good one. You know, today we're recording this on April 20th, 420, baby. Um, yeah. So it's a national holiday for some of us. Um, so in all, in, in all good fun to celebrate this, this wonderful day, um, you should go ahead and go on YouTube or on Facebook because it's all, the video is also on Facebook. Uh, and just look at magic on high people or high people react to magic uh it's by a guy named julius dean uh, sounds awesome <laughs> his name is julius dean he's a street magic artist in the in the vein of david blaine so imagine those types of tricks but be done on people that are high as a kite uh he goes to like edm concerts uh it looks like he's at like you know different music festivals and just talking to people that are stoned out of their mind and so way- julius julius dean's dean street, what, e. I- which Dude. I see it. Which yeah. one? Which one do you recommend? Which uh, one? Just send it. Just send us the link. I'll send you the link. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's there's a ton. Great. Hold on, let me get, I'll I'll get it to you. Uh, so it's high people. <laughs> high people react to magic, and it is. Um, I mean, he's he has he's legitimately doing good tricks. Right. So it, it's it's awesome, but the way that they react is like he just rattled their soul. And it is like he does a trick on a guy where he makes like a bottle cap like look like instantly, <laughs> instantly like larger, and the guy is like he can't move. He's just like <laughs> it's, it's so good. Ben, Ben, I just sent it to you, so feel free to. All right, all right. This is excellent. Thanks, Jeff Lagerman. Uh. So, so there you go. Hi, it's called Hi People React to Magic, and it is. Uh, fantastic so there you go um all right well that's gonna wrap us up great job folks this is great um again folks out there listen to medical professionals stay in quarantine yeah all the precautions don't be stupid and attending protests and demanding that salons open up again Mm. so you can get your freaking haircuts Um, be safe be smart uh please the rest, the, the rest of us are begging you for to be smart. So, I only um, know one place where you can get a haircut. That's the morgue. Yep. Yep. Oh Thank shit! You. Wow. Nice one. Yeah. Nice, nice yeah. One. I went there. I stole it from Facebook. I can't take credit. That's I mean, <laughs> you know, there's no. I, I can't think. Well, I I can't think of a haircut or a, a a pedicure that is worth contracting or spreading COVID nineteen. So you know what? Like my hair is getting crazy. <laughs> Right now, I took a picture of myself. It's wait. You know what? Before we go, Chris, please. Um, it was Patriots Day today, mm. and uh, yeah. I was supposed to be drinking with my dad and my son, watching the game today at the locker room in Lee, Massachusetts. Calling out of work, calling out of school. So bummed. We were texting each other all day. Mm-hmm. I took a picture of myself with my Jackie Bradley Jr. jersey that I got from Dan McAlpine for Christmas. Nice. Um, and my hair is so crazy that I look like a chainsaw sculpture. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But I'm just happy it's growing in. So uh, fuck, fuck salons. You know what I mean? Fuck mm. it's, it doesn't matter, guys. Doesn't you know matter. what I mean? Chris, Stay I can inside. also tell you're not F1. you're not a normal normal pedicurist. 
getting a pedicure done because you always take your life in your hands with disease when you go to get a pedicure. I mean, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You get silly lung there. That shit can go right in your lungs. Yeah. (laughs) No, thank you. No, thank you. I mean, also, go ahead. I was just going to say also on a sad, sad note, but good note, it's also Holocaust Remembrance Day. So just say a prayer for those that we lost. Um, I still haven't figured out why we celebrate it on Hitler's birthday. Ooh, yeah, uh, I do too. It's it's because it falls in the it's where it falls in the Hebrew calendar. Uh, um, oh, so right. It, it's a specific date. Like last year, it was in May. Yom Hashoah this year. It's it's right now. Um, yeah, it, it it's just coincidence this year. Wow, good to know. Though. Josh, do you want to be my my Hebrew tutor because you seem to be a better Jew than me? That's the first time anybody's ever said that to me. That <laughs> That's so amazing, happy. John. You've been waiting. You've been waiting all your life for that. <laughs> I, I always thought of myself as like the worst Jew who ever lived. <laughs> but don't we all? We that, always think. Yeah. It's part. Yes, that's part of being Jewish. Is, right. uh, is self-deprecation, it, is, right? Self-loathing. You know, I, I got to tell you a quick story. I don't know if this is offensive or not. I'm just gonna say it. But um, so. <laughs> I, what Here is we go. Holiday? I love sentences that start like that. <laughs> what is the holiday? You stopped stop the recording, right? <laughs> you know, are we still recording? Uh, still recording. Which is we have a second This is when the good stuff comes. <laughs> <laughs> which is the holiday that you're supposed to like apologize for things that you did to upset people over the past? Yom Kippur. That's Yom Kippur. The, okay. The yes. fifth. The fifth step. Fifth step. <laughs> fifth step. <laughs> so every year, my friend Rachel texts me and asks for my forgiveness and every year i, I say no <laughs> so, that's fine you're you're allowed okay. that's not offensive not... that's hilarious yeah she's doing it and i'm like you know what you're not forgiven i'm sorry so, <laughs> <laughs> there you go you can't have fun with these things you know why do them um, right. Anyway, and technically, you just gotta ask. You don't actually; they don't have to forgive you. You just have to make the. You just have to the do op- the. Oh, you okay. just have to do the thing. You just have to extend yeah. the branch. You, I see. You're atoning. You're not putting it in somebody else's hands to forgive you. Oh damn! Right. Okay. Well, that's just and that's like a Catholic thing. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. You just right. took it to the other side. I just oh, did. the New Testament. <laughs> Part do. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, folks, that's gonna do it for us this week. Thank you, guys. This was this was good. This, this was, was awesome. Week. If anything, awesome, this is just a great break in the week for me love just it. to talk to people. So, um, oh fucking a. <laughs> all right, folks, we'll see you right here next week on Desperately Seeking Entertainment.